worldwide, cardiovascular disease affects the lives of hundreds of millions. Dedicated cardio nerds everywhere are working hard to fight this global epidemic. These are their stories. Welcome back, cardio nerds. We are very excited to bring to you a fully immersive, knowledge-packed, high-yield series as part of our efforts to raise heart failure awareness. We call this Heart Failure Awareness Cardio Series. That's right, everyone. We are doing this in conjunction with 2020 Heart Failure Awareness Week, sponsored by the Heart Failure Society of America and others. From the HFSA website, the goal here is to increase national awareness about the severity of this disease. HFSA declared this in the U.S. Senate in 2001, the week of Valentine's Day, as a National Heart Failure Awareness Week. HFSA is asking the public to take action by supporting the society's efforts to promote heart failure awareness, patient education, and heart failure prevention. Our series is our way of contributing to this very important mission. And supporting the society's efforts, we are. While hashtag HF Week 2020 is specifically February 10th through the 16th, we are creating so much amazing content with at least eight episodes that we will promote heart failure awareness for the following month, releasing two pertinent high-yield episodes per week. We can't tell you how absolutely excited and stoked we are for this series. We ourselves are having so much fun learning a ton from these interviews and gleaning clinical and life lessons from our generous experts. Amit, let's give them a sneak peek of what they have to look forward to. Dan, there is so much to look forward to. Let's go over the list. Okay, enough with the suspense. First, Karine and I learn about the evaluation of new onset heart failure with Dr. Ed Casper, Clinical Director of Cardiology at the Johns Hopkins Hospital. If that name is familiar, you may have heard his amazingly popular hypertrophic cardiomyopathy talk in Episode 5. If you haven't had a listen yet, definitely check it out. That episode was absolutely golden. Then, my co-fellow Karthik and I learn about guideline-directed medical therapy with Dr. Randall Starling, heart failure specialist at the Cleveland Clinic and former president of the HFSA. Right after that, we discuss evaluation of advanced heart failure therapies or salvage therapies with Dr. Jerry Estep, section head of heart failure at the Cleveland Clinic. Then, Kareen and I delve into LVAD 101 with Dr. Steve Sue, heart failure specialist at the Johns Hopkins Hospital and such a masterful and passionate educator. We get big picture, we get detail-oriented, and we hit the highlights for the psychosocial and medical management of our LVAD patient population. Followed by our dear friend and Vanderbilt Cardiology Fellow, Richa Gupta, discussing Heart Transplant 101 with Dr. Joanne Lindenfeld, Director of Heart Failure and Transplant at Vanderbilt University and former president of the HFSA. Then, our friend and Duke Cardiology Fellow, Raul Langani, will talk about atrial fibrillation management in heart failure with Dr. Jonathan Piccini, the Director of Electrophysiology Clinical Trials Program and Arrhythmia Core Laboratory at Duke University. After that, I'm looking forward to learning more about the role of interventional cardiology in the management of heart failure patients with Dr. Jeffrey Moses, Director of Interventional Cardiovascular Therapeutics at Columbia University Medical Center. We end with palliative care and heart failure after a discussion with Dr. Arslan Derashan of the Clinical Problem Solvers and Dr. Rob Razak, Clinical Director of Palliative Care at the University Hospital Cleveland Medical Center. Wow, what a roundup. I can't wait to learn from such great minds, these leaders in the field. Heart failure awareness is about everyone. It's for all of us. 
but the patient is at the center of attention here. Our goal is to bring us all up to speed so we can all do our best for these patients. Friends, we dedicate our Heart Failure Awareness CardioNerd series in memory of Dr. David Taylor. Dr. Taylor was a heart failure attending at the Cleveland Clinic. He died early morning of Thursday, February 6, 2020. We remember him for the legend he is, a passionate clinician, skilled educator, and devoted mentor, and so many other things. He has touched the lives of countless others, and his influence lives on within each and every one of us today. We asked friends and colleagues to record memories and stories to remember him as our way of celebrating his life and career. We were just overwhelmed with the response, and we would like to share some of these with you now. Dr. Taylor, this one's for you. I'm Steve Nissen, and uh, like all of us, uh, we're very sad about uh, the passing of uh, David Taylor. I got to know David very well. During the years I was uh, chair of cardiovascular medicine, you know, toward the end of my tenure, the position of chief of the section of heart failure became open. And while we were looking for a permanent uh, chief, we needed somebody to fill in the role uh, as the uh, acting head of the heart failure section. David Taylor was never ambitious. He never wanted, you know, to have this kind of a leadership role. But when I met with him, he said, look, he said, I really care about my colleagues. Uh, I know that someone needs to do this and I recognize that I'm the logical person to do it. And even though it's not something that I want, I will do this. And like everything that David did, he did it exceptionally well in a very even-handed fashion. Uh, this went on for you know many months, a lot longer than either he nor I would have wanted. But this idea of self-sacrifice, of being willing to do something for the good of everybody, this was really what embodied the character of Dr. David Taylor. Uh, he would always want to do the right thing. Uh, he would always want to do things that would support and help his colleagues. He was always there for everybody in his section, which is one of the reasons why he was so revered. It turns out his administrative talents were quite substantial. He was very, very good at it, but he didn't have a lot of personal ambition. He just really wanted to be a really good doctor. And he was a really, really good doctor. Yes, he was a talented administrator. He stepped up and he did that job and did it very, very well. Uh, even though it wasn't what he wanted. And I will always be grateful for David's willingness to look after the section during the period of time when we were recruiting a permanent head for the, the heart failure section. Uh, and I think uh, everybody who worked with him understood that it was not the job he wanted, but he was willing to do it for the good of everyone. Hi, my name is Sandy Galvin. I'm the nurse manager of the heart failure ICU in the coronary ICU. And I started working with Dr. Taylor back in 2001. I've been here about 23 years, so I met him when he first started, and he was our unit's medical director at the time. And um, much like the fellows um, with the Taylor Talks, he did a lot of the Taylor Talks for the nursing staff as well. And so we would meet once a month every Wednesday from 7.30 to 8.30 in the morning, and he would... Um, 
basically let us pick his brain on any heart failure topic we could think of. We talked a lot about amyloidosis and transplant rejection and sarcoidosis and all the different types of heart failure. And it was very, very important for him um, that nurses were a big part of the heart failure team. So when he rounded every morning on his patients, he always sought feedback from the nursing staff, made us feel like part of the team. Um, and he was very proactive. When he was assigned to the cath lab, um, he would call up in the morning seeing how many beds we had available for his, his, his patients that he were doing, what were probable admission patients, and um, great communicator all, all around. And um, we loved working with him, um, and he will be greatly missed. My name is Mike Militello. Um, I'm one of uh, the pharmacists who worked with Dr. Taylor. Uh, he was a great teacher, kind man, incredible physician. Um, I worked with him for a number of years um, as part of the Pharmacy and Therapeutics Committee, where he was the chairman of the uh, specialty panel that I worked on. Uh, he always brought a level head, um, great perspective, and listened to all sides of, of the story. One of the quotes that I know uh, that I think of is that, you know, death can never take a good man away. For in the hearts of the people he inspired, the legacy remains and continues throughout generations. Hi, my name is uh, Andres Carmona. I'm one of the heart failure fellows uh, currently in Cleveland Clinic. Dr. Taylor was uh, my attending this past week, and uh, it's been uh, pretty tough, but uh, I think we got to honor him. He was such a special person. I was doing biopsies with him last Thursday, and uh, he took the time out of his schedule, out of our busy time in the cath lab, to just give me advice regarding uh, what I needed to do, life lessons. He just took the time all every time, every single moment that he had to, to teach us with Taylor Talks, which were pretty incredible that just one hour he would sit with any topic we would bring forward and uh, go ahead and speak about it and it was just remarkable. Something I, I always uh, enjoyed also when I was in clinic with him, it was pretty impressive how he went in after we were with him and he would say, well, uh, you have two cardiologists for the price of one. So he always really uh, acknowledged uh, our presence and, and valued uh, all, all our input and um, He's definitely going to be uh, greatly missed, uh, not only by myself, but by all the staff here and at, at the clinic and also all the fellows. It's, uh, it's going to be tough to, uh, to, to be able to cover that gap that he's, uh, he's leaving behind, but I uh, hope his family is, uh, is okay and uh, we're, we're here for anything that, uh, that they need. Hi, I'm Millie. I'm a uh, nurse on the J32 heart failure unit. I worked with Dr. Taylor for about five years. The one thing that I remember him most for is his soft-spokenness and his kindness. He always took a lot of interest in his patients and us as nurses, and he always wanted to make sure um, our input was um, regarded, and we will just really miss him. My name is Kia Afshar, and I started my general cardiology fellowship in 2009 at the Cleveland Clinic telling everyone that I wanted to be an interventional cardiologist. I think the decision of your final subspecialty is a typically a complex one that has so many different variables to lead to that final choice. 
But for me, during the last seven years, when people have asked why I did not go in, into interventional and instead became a heart failure and transplant cardiologist, my answer has always been the same three words, Dr. David Taylor. I was so fortunate to get assigned to Dr. Taylor's clinic as a fellow and to have had the privilege to learn from his wisdom for all those amazing years at Cleveland Clinic. For everyone that knew Dr. Taylor well, knew that he was a true legend and absolute giant in transplant cardiology and probably one of the best physicians to ever walk this planet, and yet the most humble and down-to-earth person you could ever meet. None of those statements are exaggerations. They're all true. He was that amazing and at the same time had that much humility. So when it came time to choose my final specialty, the answer was very obvious to me. I wanted to be like Dr. Taylor because he was so inspiring. Actually, inspiring is not the best way to say it. I should really say I, I idolize Dr. Taylor. It's embarrassing to say, but we've, we've considered each other friends for the last 10 years, and I still got nervous around him. To me, he walked on water. I have so many stories I would love to tell and honestly debated which one encompasses everything I want to say, but there's no single story that could do that. However, when I sit back and think about a unifying theme of most of my stories, it can be summarized by the following. Dr. David Taylor was so influential by the care that he gave his patients, by the wisdom that he imparted on his fellows, by the role model that he was to young faculty, and by helping change the field of transplant cardiology, all of which have undoubtedly saved countless of lives. But at the same time, Dr. Taylor never thought he was better than anyone else. Hi, I'm Sanjeev Bhattacharya, one of the new heart failure staff over at Cleveland Clinic. Um, I knew Dr. Taylor for a very short period of time, yet I think it was very fruitful. I uh, met him about six months ago when I started back in July. And I can tell you from my experience, uh, there's nothing more comforting to come into work and you know, see across your way in the office across from you, Dr. Taylor, and sort of looking at and, and, and jumping in, asking him questions and things like that. And the one thing I will say that I've taken uh, stock from him in my short time with him is just how humble, open, and, and kind he was. He never closed his door. He always um, lent an ear. He um, was always there to help brainstorm for, for really sick patients that, that you had. And um, always gave insightful answers and in, in a way would always, you know, crack a smile and make it seem like it's not that bad. You know, he was so calm and cool. I always thought he was like the Keanu Reeves. If he was ever a doctor, he would be, definitely be the Keanu Reeves of doctors. Um, but, um, it was truly an honor and a privilege to work with him even for a short period of time. And, um, I appreciate everything he's, he's, uh, instilled upon me in six months and um, my heart really goes out to him and his family uh, during this tough time. My name is Leanne Paripa. I'm a physician practicing in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I was an advanced heart failure fellow at the Cleveland Clinic, and Dr. Taylor was my program director in 2012-2013. Uh, a very distinct memory I have of Dr. Taylor revolves around his teaching sessions. They were pretty simple, but I consider them pretty legendary. He would walk into the fellow's room, which was a cramped room, and very casually sit down at the front of the room and ask us what we wanted to learn. Anything we threw at him, he could handle with this incredible combination of encyclopedic-like knowledge, yet it was balanced with a real practical sensibility. He was just so relaxed and knew so much. He was an incredible clinician role model. 
a real bright light in our field, and he's going to be deeply missed. This is Brett Sperry, and I work as a physician at St. Luke's Mid-America Heart Institute in Kansas City with a specialty in advanced heart failure and transplantation. I learned the majority of what I know about transplant medicine from Dr. Taylor when I was a general cardiology and then a heart failure fellow at Cleveland Clinic, graduating in 2017. Dr. Taylor was truly an all-star to us and to the entire national heart transplant community. He was an MVP. He was a legend. He was our Kobe, all the best parts and more. A man who has affected so many lives and inspired so many careers while excelling at his craft. A life taken much too soon. We are all devastated to hear about the passing of Dr. Taylor, but his legacy will live on in his family and all those around the world whom he has trained. This is Joseph Stelic. I'm a transplant cardiologist at the University of Utah. I trained under David Taylor at the Cleveland Clinic. I graduated in 2004. There are many adjectives that could be said about David. However, what I'm going to do, I'm going to say a very brief story. A few years back, we were at a transplant conference. I was scheduled to give a talk early in the morning. And the night before, we went out, had dinner, a couple of drinks came back to the hotel late, and I asked the concierge to give me a wake-up call. Well, this wake-up call didn't happen. Instead, I got a call from the conference organizer telling me I'm late for my talk. You can imagine how what a wake-up call that was. I got up instantly, washed, dressed very quickly. I was down there in five minutes, and I felt terrible. I felt embarrassed. I got to my podium. I look at the audience, and there's all these senior people in our field started giving him my talk, and then I spotted David. And David was in the second row and was obviously having a great time. He had this big, kind smile, uh, mouth ear to ear, and looking at me with his kind eyes, and uh, I could see that he's saying, well, Joseph, you screwed up, but it's pretty funny. I know you feel terrible, but soon enough we will laugh about this. And I can still... Uh, see his kind face looking at me from the second row. I think this summarizes what a kind human mentor, friend, individual David was. I already miss him terribly. I'm Bill Wilk. I'm a respiratory therapist in the ICU, and I also worked with Dr. Taylor in the cardiac cath lab for 14 years. I'm a cardiovascular tech down there. And he was one of the most wonderful people that anyone could ever meet. He was not only an exemplary physician, but one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. And I remember we used to talk a lot about skiing and his uh, Mustang that he was very, very proud of, something he always wanted. So myself being a car guy, we always had that in common. And not only was he just a colleague, 
co-worker, but you know, he was a good friend and a good friend to all his patients because he truly was invested in their lives, not just as a professional, but as a human being and as a person because he cared about what the patients felt, not only you know, their disease, but their, their life and the life with their families. So he's going to be truly missed by not only myself, but everybody he touched. I met Dr. David Taylor when I was doing my fellowship at the Cleveland Clinic. I would like to share two stories. One is the Taylor rounds. I think one of the things we all enjoyed most of our fellowship was that every other Tuesday we would be able to discuss with Dr. Taylor complex patients or topics and really with his simplicity, clarity, and profound understanding of the art and science of heart failure transplantation, we all felt that we were able to apprehend those very difficult concepts. Second, as a colleague, after I finished my fellowship, I started working as a heart failure attendant and Really, he was a reference. He was always available. And I remember discussing my first complex patient that presented mismatch antibodies. And basically, after discussing with him, everything seemed to be so clear. This capacity of being available for everybody and ready to help really... It's an example of what we all should be. Thank you. Bye. This is Kay Kendall. I'm the social worker with the transplant team, and I'm one of those extremely fortunate people who knew Dr. Taylor since he came to the Cleveland Clinic in uh, 2001. So I've known him for almost 20 years. As I've been thinking these last days, I, I think he is, you know, sometimes we maybe don't recognize or realize how wonderful a person is until they're death. But, you know, I think we all knew in his life what a really tremendous human being we were really so fortunate to know and have contact with. I've thought about the many layers of loss from his family to um, his patients, residents, fellows he taught, our team members. And so there are, are so many very sad, grieving people right now. I thought of really what probably I appreciated the most about him, 
Um, and it's hard to figure out one thing you appreciated the most. But one of the things I so appreciated was his willingness to say yes to special requests, especially if it involved teaching. Um, we have a weekly rounds on our J82 nursing floor. And um, about once a month, I invite someone to come and do a presentation. He never said no when I asked him. And uh, he was our most frequent presenter. Several, probably three, four months ago, I asked the nurses during one of our rounds who was their favorite presenter. There was no hesitation. It was Dr. Taylor. And I asked them why. And they said two things. One, he was just a wonderful teacher and they learned so much. But their second comment actually meant, I think, the most to me, that he treated nurses with such respect. And they felt that and knew that. So another request I made of him, um, we have a transplant house of Cleveland here. And uh, a couple of years ago, we launched a presentation called Transplant Topics. And we've invited different experts, uh, people involved in transplant in some way, to come and speak to the patients and family members, supports that stay there. And two years ago, Dr. Taylor launched Transplant Topics. He was our first speaker. In November of this year, I asked him to return. And uh, it was actually November 13th. He was just coming back from an extended holiday. And I knew he had been away, so I emailed him and said, had he forgotten, did he remember? And he reassured me he would be there. He came that evening. So this wasn't during the day. This was an evening commitment. He had just returned, had been on, I think, a 20-hour plane uh, trip, uh, was probably horribly jet-lagged, but you would never have known. And he spent the next two-plus hours presenting information about why he chose to become a cardiologist and then also led us through the history of transplant. People were just enthralled listening to him and his wonderful mastery of storytelling. They then, he finished, and they began asking him questions about what he had discussed. And then I thought what was so, um, I guess neat is the word, was they started asking him questions about himself, like what kind of music did he like, and what was his favorite place to vacation, and what was the significance of his ring? Was that a wedding ring? Do you remember the, the ring he wore? He didn't miss a beat. He answered all those questions just like he answered why he had become a cardiologist. And I think it was almost three hours after he arrived before he left. And I, I thanked him, said, you must be so exhausted and jet-lagged. And he was coming to work the next day. And he said, well, a little jet-lagged, but it's okay. And then he looked at me and he said, you know, thanks so much for having me come here. I, I really have, Transplant House is very special to me. Um, and when I introduced him, I shared the comments of the nurses on the eighth floor. And you know, he was maybe a little shy and he kind of put his head down a bit, and, but he smiled and I, I am so glad I, I shared that with him. So that is one of so many ways he was very special to me.
Maz and Hannah. I'm a heart failure cardiologist at the Cleveland Clinic. And Dr. Taylor for me was not only a mentor and a friend, but he was also a role model. What amazed me the most about Dr. Taylor was the way he was able to remain calm, cool, and collected in any situation. His knowledge base was extremely deep, and his ability to teach and to give advice was really uh, unmatched. What is amazing about him is that in the 15 years I've known him, his office door always remained open. And people would line up outside his office throughout the day or just walk into his office to ask him questions because he was the wise one. And never once did he look annoyed. I must have walked in his office a thousand times and he always stopped what he was doing and intently listened to me and gave me wise advice. I will miss him dearly. My name is David Shu. I was a Hartford Fellow from class of 2018. I first heard about Dr. David Taylor when I was still a general cardiology fellow at University of Utah. After doing research on patient charts, you would see, sometimes see his signature from many years ago. It was then I started seeing his name and hearing about him. Even after leaving many years ago, the faculty member would still remember Dr. Taylor and the impact he's had at the University of Utah. I was so excited to go to the Cleveland Clinic and finally work with him. He's taught me so much, not just about taking care of patients, but also, again, what he would say is the art of doctoring. It is with great sorrow that I heard about his unexpected passing. I know his legacy will live on through all the fellows he's taught, as well as the impact he's had with his patients. I am Dr. Yikesipahi, Professor of Cardiology at Memorial Hospital in Istanbul, Turkey. I worked with Dr. Taylor as a Heart Failure Transplantation Fellow and then as a Clinical Scholar between years 2006 and 2008. Dr. Taylor was a truly exceptional teacher and a special mentor to me. His depth of knowledge and clinical experience was almost unsurpassable. He was always very kind, calm, and empathetic, qualities that are not always easy to find in competitive environments. I am very sorry that we lost him so early and so unexpectedly. My deepest sympathies go to his wife, his children, and his loved ones. Hey, this is Anup Basaray. I was a heart failure fellow of Dr. Uh, Taylor from 2013 to 2014 and have been collaborating with him uh, ever since. Uh, he's a great mentor, somebody I wanted to 
be like, primarily because despite how smart he was, everything he knew, uh, and all his experiences, he was just a normal guy. Um, one of my memories from uh, him is uh, a bunch of us fellows going to ISHLT, a, a heart transplant conference uh, in Nice, France, and uh, we're all hanging out at the bottom of an escalator. He's coming down the escalator and he yells out at us, those are my homies. Um, and that's that's how he treated us, uh, like we were his colleagues, like we were his friends. Uh, and I think that really means a lot to um, young uh, uh, docs, uh, young people, uh, to be treated with that kind of uh, respect and um, friendship. That's something that I will very much miss. My name is Amanda Vest, and I was a general fellow and then a heart failure fellow at Cleveland Clinic in 2010 to 2014. Dr. Taylor's teaching at the bedside and in that J32 heart failure fellows office was a highlight of my training. And because of him, I had the knowledge base and the confidence to take on my current role leading a heart transplant program. I have another specific reason to be grateful to Dr. Taylor Back in 2012, I almost wasn't granted a visa extension to stay on for Heart Failure Fellowship because the UK Training Board refused to write a letter of support for that extra year. When Dr. Taylor found out, he immediately started working his ISHLT contacts to get British transplant physicians and surgeons to lobby on my behalf. I still have a copy of the email he wrote to Sir Magdi Yacoub pleading my case. Sure enough, that letter materialized within the week and the visa was granted. That was just one example of his sincere generosity towards his trainees and one of many, many reasons I have to be grateful for Dr. Taylor. This is Paul Krimmer. I'm a cardiovascular imager at the Cleveland Clinic, and I just wanted to share a few words uh, of remembrance um, for Dr. David Taylor. I think a, um, a relatively mundane story. I, I remember when I was a first-year fellow, and I was doing a, a shift overnight in the emergency room, and a pretty typical night uh, with uh, numerous admissions and was called to see a patient uh, in the emergency department, fairly straightforward, uh, admitted with decompensated heart failure. And I thought on exam, warm and wet, jugular venous distension, uh, murmurs compatible with tricuspid and mitral regurgitation. And uh, as a first year fellow, I remember admitting it to the heart failure service and, and, and Dr. Taylor was the staff. And I think more than anyone, I would follow up and see what his impression was, uh, speak with him the next morning about the patient. And in this case, you know, I remember feeling good about myself and my exam that um, in sort of his typical way said, you know, this is as billed. But I think 
even a simple uh, straightforward admission like that um, highlights that for me and, and I think for a lot of the cardiology fellows, Dave Taylor was the clinical gold standard. So I, I think you would um, make your assessment, put your money down, and someone that you would always go to uh, for, for, for advice uh, and for feedback. And, and always, uh, I think, as a master clinician, was, was always very generous and practiced medicine with a, with a lot of humility. And I think throughout my fellowship and, and even when I became uh, staff and I would be the attending in the cardiac intensive care unit and we would consult the patient for considerations of advanced heart failure therapies and, and, and Dr. Taylor would be the staff. And, and, and yeah, in that situation, it's, it's more complex than the original patient I described, but uh, my, my impression was always the same. I just highly valued what what he thought and uh, took a lot of pride if my approach to the patient's care would be concordant with, with what Dr. Taylor would do. Um, and I think that's certainly a, a sentiment that's been shared by many general cardiology fellows, many heart failure fellows uh, over the decades. Thank you. My name is Rebecca Ray and I'm a nurse practitioner at the Cleveland Clinic. I first met Dr. Taylor in I think it was 2011 when I was working in cardiac surgery step down and he was a physician um, cardiologist rounding on surgical service. I remember looking forward to working with Dr. Taylor because he had such a fabulous bedside manner and was so approachable when I would have an issue with one of the post-op patients. I remember thinking that he always brought this calmness um, to what could sometimes be a very stressful environment. It was really in the past five years working as one of Dr. Taylor's nurse practitioners in the advanced heart failure department that I really got to see just how amazing he was. I think it was about a year and a half or two years ago I had recently transitioned from the inpatient hospital service to the outpatient clinic and I was sitting at the front desk at the nurse's station. Dr. Taylor seemed especially peppy that day. I think he had just returned from one of his scuba diving trips if I remember correctly and he stopped at the desk with a grin on his face and he said, you gotta read this book. He said, it's really amazing. Now that's really all he said. I got the title and the author from him, and he went about his uh, busy clinic day. As most people know who knew Dr. Taylor, he was a man of few words, but when he did say something, you paid attention. And so I went to my desk, and I immediately added the book title to my Amazon list. I recently moved, and I came across this book again about three weeks ago. The premise of the book, it was written by a surgeon it's a New York Times bestseller, and it's about the humanity and dying. It's called Being Mortal. The author is Atul Gawande, and it's about how terrible we are in medicine in approaching death and how we often make it just another medical problem to be solved and how research shows that when we can talk to patients about the realities of dying, we can often transition them to palliative care or hospice services, and they often live longer and have a better quality of life than when we continue to treat them with traditional medical therapies. But we have to learn how to have these tough conversations. 
This spoke to me on two levels. One, that Dr. Taylor was always about the whole patient. He was one of the biggest patient advocates I've ever seen. When we couldn't fix them, when we couldn't get them advanced therapies, he always stayed dedicated to the patient. I truly believe that he wanted for the patients to have the best death possible. And I always felt his support when I was on the inpatient service and patients needed to transition to palliative or hospice care. And secondly, and maybe even more touching to me personally, was that although he and I had never had a specific conversation about it, I think he knew how much I had been struggling with so many patients that were dying on inpatient service around that time. And it was really starting to wear on me. I think that this was his way of giving me a tool to approach things differently. And that's just the kind of guy he was. He saw everything and he said so little. He was truly just that special of a person. It will always be one of my greatest honors to have gotten to work with him. If you're lucky enough to spend five minutes with one of Dr. Taylor's patients, you'll know that there's no one like him. There are just no words for how much he's going to be missed. I think he would want this book title passed along because I think he would want us all to be better at taking care of the human aspects of our patients. So this is for you, Dr. Taylor. Being Mortal by Atul Gawande. My name is Jerry Estep. I have the privilege of being the current section head of heart failure and transplant at the Cleveland Clinic. And David Taylor, um, I've known about for a long time. And um, he is someone who has really been a legend in in our field from his uh, tremendous work with the ISHLT registry. And I remember tracking that back in the 2004-05 time period to his presidency uh, at ISHLT 2012 to 2013. Before my transition to Cleveland Clinic, which he was integral in, in terms of recruiting me, um, I had him down uh, in Houston to to visit and uh, he was just beloved by all our staff in in the way he teaches and his his knowledge related to transplant mechanical circulatory support. It wasn't until I uh, moved to Cleveland where I really had a chance to get to know uh, David Taylor a lot better. He and his wife um, welcomed me and my family, and he showed me around the Cleveland area, and just the nicest uh, person to be around. And what I really uh, learned about him and appreciated much more than I had thought was how beloved he really was here at the Cleveland Clinic. He, and I like to always say, is considered the doctor's doctor and the heart failure specialist for all heart failure providers and became my uh, go-to guy. And it was not only um, me and others I found out would often approach David. And one of the things that stood out is he he had an open-door policy and people, whether it was fellows, nursing staff, physicians, or myself, would go in to get his opinion and he would steer us in the right way and he'd do it with a a smile and in a very uh, loving way. I also learned his true um, genuine love for teaching. 
Um, and he would take the fellows aside and do his tailor talks and off-the-cuff uh, discussion about anything they wanted. And, and he and the fellows loved that. He was uh, one of my colleagues who was always at uh, our teaching or didactic meetings for the fellows. And he was the one you know, most knowledgeable um, and most clear. And so it was not only the fellows that loved to be around him, but his colleagues and friends, in, including uh, me. So David Taylor is going to be missed. He's one of a kind in, in his commitment to, to mentoring and teaching. And that's not only fellows, but colleagues across the board. And he did so with the utmost respect and professionalism, really beloved by all. And so we, we look to cherish uh, his memory and act as best we can, uh, like he did um, for so long. And I think that positions us to not only better care for each other, but to better provide better care for our, our patients. And so, you know, with that, uh, we're taking it, you know, one day uh, at a time, but he's someone that will certainly uh, be with us um, forever. Hi, uh, I'm Venu Menon. I'm the uh, director of the Cardiac Intensive Care Unit at the Cleveland Clinic uh, and uh, always looked up to Dr. Taylor both as a mentor and as a colleague. And my interactions with him were often because most of the crashing, burning patients at the Cleveland Clinic come into the J31 ICU. And the minute we think we need advanced support, we tend to activate the heart failure team. And uh, and even before I would call the heart failure team, I'd always wish it was Dave Taylor's side on call because I knew that the minute that call went out, I'd have him by the bedside telling me exactly what I wanted to do for my patient, uh, not just at that moment, but for the days, months and weeks that lay ahead. And it was that perspective that I always looked forward to. You always wanted to impress David, when you talked to him, and so you made sure that you knew the subtleties of the case and you had a concrete plan as to what you thought the patient needed. And what uh, David always surprised me by was at the end of that conversation, he'd always uh, tell me something that I hadn't thought about. What he did was uh, make you aspire to be a better physician and uh, always uh, confirm to me that I had a long way to go before I could uh, reach uh, his level. The other thing that I've really been impressed by these past three or four weeks, and I think it's important from a fellow and trainee perspective, is the kind of impact you can have as an educator working in a large quaternary institution. You know, we all are used to working with fellows, uh, but what we forget is that over the years, the number of people you encounter, where they go to in the world, what they become, uh, just keeps mounting up. And so... With Dave's demise, uh, the kind of calls of concern and condolences that came from around the world is truly remarkable. And I think um, it actually uh, highlights one of the privileges of going through an academic track like David did. Not like a classic researcher publishing new seminal stuff, but just doing the simple things, teaching people what you know, teaching it well and always being there to help. And I think that remarkable influence 
is something that I've just been amazed by. And I do think that for people listening to this podcast, uh, consider that when you choose to follow your career. Because I think um, to be a teacher like David is something we really need in the world uh, to be better cardiologists. So it was just a pleasure having the privilege to work with David. uh, And I will always treasure the moments I've had with him. My name is Wilson Tang. I'm a heart failure and transplant cardiologist at the Cleveland Clinic. And I've got to know Dr. Taylor as a teacher, a colleague, a mentor, a leader, and a very good friend. He's a superb clinician, cares deeply for his patients, and had the level of wisdom and the voice of reason that is unmatched. He's very humble and also contributes without thinking of any reward or return. He will be sorely missed, but he will live on within each and every one of us. Hi, my name is Randy Starling, and I'm very sad, and at the same time, I'm privileged that I can make a few comments about somebody that has meant a lot to me for many years, and that is David Taylor. I've known David easily 25 years. He, of course, was a very prominent person in the field of transplantation, And ironically, early in my career, I was recruited to the University of Utah. They had a great team there. I actually had three visits and almost took a job. uh, And I elected not to move. And the next thing I knew, David Taylor joined the team at Utah. And that team where David led the transplant program in most ways just flourished and set the tempo in the U.S. for transplantation in the 90s. I moved to the Cleveland Clinic in 1995 and five years later found myself in the very exciting position of being part of our team recruiting him to come to Cleveland Clinic. So we really never thought we would get David to come here, to be honest with you, because I looked at Utah as 
more or less the utopia for transplantation at that time. It just had great people and a great program and was leading the country. We were building things under the leadership of Jim Young and Pat McCarthy here and had a lot of momentum. And we were all extremely happy when David announced that he was going to come here and join us. So when David got here, we were in the process of building and expanding something unique, a heart failure special care unit. So that was really David's first assignment that Jim Young asked him to take that on and build it. And like everything David did, it, it flourished. And to this day, we have most likely the largest, most unique heart failure special care unit in the country. Uh, I got the privilege to take the leadership of the heart failure section around 2003 when Jim Young was promoted to chief of medicine. And the first person I turned to, and I didn't even have to think about it, was David to take the reins of the fellowship program. Now bear in mind, in 1995, we had one fellow. There was no such thing as an advanced fellowship in heart failure and transplantation. So we were winging it and more or less blazing the trail along with a handful of other programs around the country. So David took over the fellowship program around 2004 and led it for the next decade plus and in my mind unquestionably built it into just a juggernaut as far as everyone around the country and around the world in many programs came through Cleveland and spent time in our heart failure training program. And that is one of David's major imprints that he leaves with us is his legacy of his dedication to the education, to the fellows, not just the advanced fellows, but all the fellows. David was all about teaching. I don't have one Golden Apple Award. I think David's office is filled with them because he was, before he came here in Virginia, everywhere he went, he has stood out as the educator's educator. Uh, he's the clinician's clinician. He's the colleague's colleague. I, I can't say much more about him other than his contributions to us personally and to our programs in Cleveland, to the International Society of Heart and Lung Transplantation, to his family. They can't be measured. He can't be replaced. And I think that we all referred to him as DOT. We use our initials a lot around here. So I'm going to leave you with forever DOT. He's going to live on. Uh, he's never going to die and the memories and his legacy with us here in Cleveland and around the world. Mm -hmm.